Hello, and welcome to the Green Rush Podcast. This is a cannabis podcast that highlights our mentors on the Green Rush program. We're a cannabis business incubator where we help people build their own cannabis compliant businesses globally. So if you ever want to start your own cannabis business, feel free to sign up and work with one of our mentors. Today, we're going to be highlighting the amazing Michaela Friedman, who is the president of MF Cannabis Consulting. And I can't wait because I'm so fangirling over here. <laughs> so let's get into it. How are you doing today, Michaela? I'm awesome. Super stoked to be here. I'm a huge fan of yours. We've known each other for a few years now. So uh, I'm glad to be here. Exactly. As soon as I ran into Michaela recently, I was like, oh my God, I have to get you on the podcast. We have to catch up. So much has happened in this industry and we're bringing her here today for you all. So I know so much about you, but let's give our audience a little bit of who's Michaela. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, definitely. So yeah, so um, my name is Michaela Friedman. I'm from Toronto, born and raised. Uh, essentially, I'm a very extroverted and passionate uh, cannabis consultant. You know, I, I, my main title is International Cannabis Business and Regulatory Consulting. Um, and essentially, you know, I've always been a recreational user of cannabis, but, um, you know, when I became a patient and my experience as a patient is exactly why I'm doing the work that I do. Uh, so here I am. Amazing. That's so wonderful. Like you have such a full round of experience in this space, which I think that's what makes you an amazing um, mentor on the program, but also a great consultant when it comes to cannabis, not only in recreational terms, but also medical terms and bringing products to market. Um, so many of our students are interested in this field and so many of our audiences as well. So can you tell us a little bit of what those types of services would be in your consulting practices? Like what do you do for these clients specifically? For sure, absolutely. So essentially my company curates strategic partnerships for cannabis operators, not just in Canada, but globally. I act as a trusted independent advisor where I provide expertise regarding business development and I conduct due diligence to broker various transactions for supply, contract manufacturing and joint venture opportunities. So whether you're an established business in the industry looking to pivot or looking to add a new SKU or, you know, contract a, a service manufacturer, or if you're a brand or company looking to enter the space, I'm your go-to person for all the resources and the companies that you can work with. And also we'll be able to tell you if you have a viable business. This is why I love her <laughs> because I think that Michaela can help so many of our students and yourselves because it, there's so much that happens within a business, whether that's B2B or direct to consumer. Um, there's a lot of opportunities that can make sure that your margins are as lean as possible um, going forward. But I'm curious to hear a little bit more about you, you know, as a person, like how did you get into cannabis at all? You know, I'm always curious to hear that story of what sparked that idea that cannabis, oh, maybe it could be a business. But I'm curious, how did you even discover cannabis? sure so you know I've always been a curious kid um, you know I have parents from very liberal cities Los Angeles and Montreal so the world of drugs has never been too foreign for me um, but you know I first tried cannabis I think I was about 13 and I never liked the taste of alcohol not that I indulged at that age but just the smell um, you know wines and everything I never um, you know identified with that but I, I tried cannabis in high school I knew I loved it um, I've always been an athlete and cannabis just has always worked well for my regimen. 
And, um, you know, I never really appreciated cannabis until uh, I was 25 and uh, I was diagnosed with epilepsy. And uh, I started using cannabis CBD oil to treat my uh, symptoms. I get these conscious seizures that are very difficult to mitigate with epileptic uh, medication. And essentially the CBD has worked miraculously for my symptoms. I have about an 80% reduction. And I had no idea that CBD even existed. I just knew that you could, you know, roll weed or hash, but anything after that or the medical applications was completely new to me until 25. So I've, I've found a whole new appreciation for the side of the industry, extremely passionate about the medical benefits. Um, so yeah, I want to see if I can help companies produce really good quality products, both service those medical patients as well as direct consumers. Ah, you're so amazing. I'm so happy that cannabis has, you found has been incredibly effective in helping you. I've seen cannabis work wonders for so many different ailments. And I think that's why I still shout about cannabis from the rooftops, about medical cannabis applications. Here, we're, we're talking and we're based in Toronto, Canada. And I think Canada has a huge opportunity in bringing medical grade pharmaceuticals um, that contain cannabis and really bridging that gap between personal medicine and hopefully um, holistic medicine going forward. I always say that cannabis has the potential to change um, healthcare as a whole, and I'm a firm, firm stand on that. <laughs> I'm 100% with you on that. Exactly. So I'm curious, like, you know, with the work that you do, you're doing a lot of brokering. So what made you want to go into that specific side of the interest in, uh, sorry, <laughs> what made you want to go specifically into that side of the industry? I find it so fascinating. Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, a broker, you're essentially creating opportunities between two different companies or entities. And, you know, in the legacy days, I was always the girl who knew the guy who knew the guy, and I always knew the guy with the best stuff. So whether it was here in Toronto or when I went out to school in Montreal, I always had a very close relationship with various dealers and was always asked by friends or even friends of friends of where to get the best weed or different cannabis products. So I've always been a networker and connector. Um, but what really got me into this role was, um, working for a law firm and I'm still doing this now where essentially I have to write detailed reports on cannabis regulations for legal jurisdictions globally. And to get that information, I had to do a lot of phone calling, calling, you know, governments, calling cannabis companies, any type of brand I could find anywhere in the world just to get information about the local regulations. And just through those interactions, I was always being asked if I knew a company that offered this service or a company that could provide this product. And I just saw a huge need for collaboration, you know, wholesale collaboration between these LPs. And I thought, well, you know what? I did this in the legacy market space. Why don't I just find LPs here, the ones that are doing a great job, that are reliable, but also produce great products, and make sure I'm setting up partnerships with companies that are wanting to execute you know, a brand or a vision for them, and they don't know how to start. So I do B2B transactions between established LPs for sure. But I also do a lot of brokering with companies that are looking for, you know, um, uh, entry opportunities, you know, rental agreements, custom grows. So any type of partnership, that is when I'm a broker. It goes beyond just supply and contract manufacturing, any type of joint venture that could help leverage a business and brand while delivering high quality products to patients and consumers. That's exactly what I'm doing. 
That's amazing. I feel like that's such a natural talent of yours that you've been able to find your passion in, (laughs) which is wonderful, right? Connecting people, just finding those missing gaps that some companies are, are having issues with and then finding those solutions. I think that's what it comes down to as being an entrepreneur, you know, being able to solve people's problems and, you know, bringing that networking component, being able to speak with people and really feel out what their needs and issues are is a, is an own talent of its own as well. So if you think that you have those talents, if you're into networking, meeting people and doing the research yourself, maybe brokering could be a great opportunity for you in the cannabis space as well. Sign up for our Green Rush program if you would like to be mentored by Michaela herself. I'm so excited to have her joining us. Yeah. But I'm curious, like what made you make the switch in entrepreneurship for you in cannabis? Right. So, I mean, I have a very unconventional history for most people in the industry, even though we have very diverse (laughs) backgrounds, but I'm a trained archaeologist. So, you know, before I even worked in sales, I was, uh, you know, digging holes and surveying lands for a living. Uh, But, uh, you know, I mentioned that I was diagnosed with epilepsy, and this was right after finishing my post-grad career. And uh, I was just starting sales jobs, you know, after I realized that archaeology couldn't be good long term. And when I was taking the CBD oils, and when I said, you know what, this is a huge opportunity. I know a lot about cannabis, or at least the culture of cannabis. I know what people want, um, the rec side and learning more about the medical side. Why don't I get involved in this? Um, you know, and, you know, through my legal work and networking and talking with hundreds of producers around the world, there are huge gaps in the markets. And there's not enough collaboration between the LPs. A lot of them don't really know who's doing what and if they can actually do it. So, you know, I, entrepreneurship really started talking with these companies. I was actually looking for a sales role with an LP. And I just saw a niche for a service like mine where I'm actually filling the gaps and resolving various bottlenecks. And I found that all through just talking with LP. So, you know, my, my entry into this entrepreneurship, I never wanted to start my own company. I never saw myself as an entrepreneur, but just by talking with so many companies and seeing the gaps and the issues that exist along the supply chain and that not one person was, you know, fixing this. I'm doing this in a non-biased way. I don't have any allegiance to one LP. I don't work exclusively with anybody. I'm making sure that the best companies and the best products are getting out there. And it's not, you're not able to do that when you're a licensed producer. So that's how I got here. Wow. What a beautiful insight of to what your day looks like. <laughs> that's so fun. That's so, that's so amazing uh, of a career that you've created for yourself. And I think that this industry provides a lot of that. There's so many systems that haven't been made yet, and the system is still very bare on what's available in terms of business opportunities. It's really up to us as entrepreneurs or creative minds to see where we can help and and innovate this industry as a whole going forward because we know there's so much potential there we just need to find it so i love how you've shared your spunkiness with us um and you kind of touched on it briefly you know bringing brands to market so i'm curious like what made you want to get into bringing brands to market specifically but i guess that makes you because you don't want to be the brand yourself Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't have, you know, a a passion for a specific skew or product. I have a passion for the industry at large. And something I've definitely noticed is that 
or that most people know was that the regulations are not set up for small businesses to easily enter. It's mm-hmm. very costly. It's very timely. And uh, what brands should know and what most don't know is that there are ways to become a cannabis entity, a cannabis corporation without being a producer. You don't have to apply for a standard even micro license to have your own production or even products on retail shelves. So what wanted me to get into this was, you know, working in between the lines of all these LPs, I think when you're on the outside, you don't really realize that there are all these opportunities that exist just because what's presented seems to be very narrow. It's either you become a licensed producer or you become a brand. But what does that mean to become a brand and partner with an LP? Well, that can mean a range of things. That could mean a private labeling contract. That could be a custom grow operation, a rental agreement. Um, so many different types of B2B options that brands can have to enter the space without spending millions of dollars and waiting a year to do it. And, you know, I have helped various brands and companies, uh, you know, aware on, you know, what the industry is needing in terms of supply or various services. And, you know, then I help them actually find reliable partners that they could work with that they could either produce for them or vice versa. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a, it's more on the side of strategic complex thinking and, you know, trying to see how we can make the best choices for all entrepreneurs and for both parties. Right. So, because there's so many ways that you can do it, let's be a lot more conscious about how we roll out these brands. Most definitely. What do you think has been like your biggest learning curve within this work? Um, so I, my biggest learning curve is probably, uh, just staying on top of the international cannabis laws. You know, cannabis is somewhat legal in various forms on every continent, you know, beside Antarctica. So it's everywhere, but every country is different. And even within those countries, states have different laws. So it's every day, a new article, uh, or will come out about a different country and how, you know, the Supreme court or their Senate passed a certain bill. You know, so it's staying on top of all those laws and recognizing the opportunities because Canada has a first mover advantage. So as soon as we realize that another company is allowing, you know, foreign business or immigration, I think it's a great opportunity for us to get involved. So definitely the biggest learning curve is, you know, figuring out how we can penetrate all these markets, but also make sure we're doing it legally because you do come across a lot of companies that um, aren't actually legal entities and, you know, it's still an emerging market, right? So we need to make sure that we're dealing with people that are recognized and licensed by the law to do their cannabis activities. Most definitely. That's also why we started this Green Rush program was because there's so many different predatory manufacturers out there and courses that are showing you how to slap a logo on a product and none of this is legal (laughs) this is compliant so you really have to do your research and know who you're working with a lot of things may seem that they may be compliant and legal but unless you actually see those licenses unless you know them unless you've done the research you just won't know so it's really important that you you work with those people that are adamant of being as compliant as possible because we understand how harsh those risks can be. Definitely, for sure. And if I may add to that, it's not also just being compliant, but it's finding companies and management that is reliable. Um, Mm -hmm. We find companies that are compliant, that's great, but are these companies that are gonna actually deliver? Do they have the capacity for this certain project? And in a company where it, sorry, in in an industry where it is very much a buyer's market, a lot of licensed producers 
you know, do mislead customers, whether they be consumers or a potential partner on what they can do. And that's why I really do my due diligence in a lot of vetting to be like, hold on a second. You said you have the sales license, but you don't have the automation equipment to do the packaging. So you actually can't start tomorrow. So it's, yeah, navigating these companies. And there's a big difference between production and implementation. And so it's just about finding out who are the actual ones that can do it today and that can be transparent about those systems. Most definitely. Exactly. It's a full, full scope that you're consulting in, which is beautiful. Which brings me to my next question is, can you explain to us why having a broker of your talent specifically is so important for any cannabis business? Right. So for sure. So I mean, somebody like me is very important because as I mentioned earlier, I don't have an allegiance or alliance with one specific company or producer. You know, I give unbiased uh, advice to companies who are trying to figure out if they have a viable business and if so, how they can get started. So, you know, for brands that want to enter the market, finding the right contract manufacturer and ensuring that they have the applicable licenses and access to the desired distribution markets requires a ton of commitment and diligence. Almost every day for the past three years, I've been speaking with LPs, and there's a huge fine line between the planning and implementation, as I mentioned. So I bet the management team, you know, I make sure they say they can do what they really do. And, you know, I have an anthropology background. I'm a trained anthropologist. I assess the culture, you know, so I make sure that this culture as a whole can do what they do, and they do it well. Yeah. It's so cool. I love how every time I meet more people in the cannabis industry, it always fascinates me on their their background experience <laughs> in education. It's so it's always so um, like very it varies from all all sorts of places. I think a lot of people are misled thinking the industry is you know pillared or carried by people from the pharma or beverage industry, which. Sure, in some cases on these board meetings, it may seem like that, but the people in these production rooms, the branding and the marketing, these are a lot of people that are everyday cannabis users with very diverse backgrounds. Most definitely, yeah, because that's where we need them. (laughs) Oh, we need them on all levels, but that's a whole different story. But I'm curious, you know, with you in this space, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs or for people who want to enter the space to look as this as an opportunity to get involved in the industry. I'm curious, have, have there been big barriers that you see for people wanting to get into this industry, maybe from a broker standpoint? Yeah. So there's actually two barriers, I see. So one, if you're a business that you're wanting to introduce an infused product or infused line to your business, the cannabis industry or the regulations are very daunting and unkind to people who are not cannabis experts. If you want to have a, a cannabis infused chocolate line, you have to be both, you know, a chocolatier as well as a cannabis expert. And it's very hard to find somebody that has both those skills. So it's, it's really, you know, a barriers for somebody being like, can I find a partner with this expertise to help me execute this project? That's definitely um, one barrier. Another barrier that is very obvious, but I'm surprised that it is still this obvious, is the lack of diversity. Um, as we just mentioned in our, you know, previous conversation, we were talking about a lot of these board members being from the farmer or bev, uh, bev industry. These are also same people from similar demographics. We have a lot of older, you know, white males 
And, you know, I noticed this as a female, but, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood that was a very diverse, tons of Jamaicans, Portuguese, people from all over the world, you know, cannabis was a big part of that. And I'm not seeing that at all represented right now in the cannabis market. I am seeing more brands, people from the legacy market or people that grew up in different countries where cannabis was a part of their life, you know, trying to bring that here to the retail market or through medical market. But when you don't see somebody like you at these meetings or you don't see a brand that's really representing, you know, what you grew up with um, or what your culture is from, it's very difficult. And I'm not surprised when a lot of my friends who are cannabis users who are not white you know, not really be that warmed up to the legal industry. And that's simply because it's not representative of their cannabis experience. And I, some of these companies that I do work with, these are legacy teams. They're just the people on the back room. They're not the ones going to the board meetings. They're not the ones that are going to these conferences, you know, pre-COVID. So I think it's, you know, that's a huge struggle and barrier right now. But I think as the industry does evolve as it does become more democratized with micro licenses and more joint venture opportunities. We're going to start to see the true representation and the cultures of cannabis because definitely right now, uh, most of the meetings I have, I'm talking with people that may know a lot about the extraction or, you know, the distribution opportunities, but in terms of the cannabis, the flower, the varieties, a lot of these people have never smoked before. And it's like, how are you representing one of the most successful brands and companies in the world? <laughs> but, you know, where are the other people on your team that are really representing the other people, you know, most of the other people in the world that consume cannabis. So definitely it's, you know, the harsh regulations that make it very difficult if you're not a cannabis expert, combined with the lack of diversity in this industry are the two biggest barriers I'm seeing. Most definitely. Uh, what I say all the time is like, at, as a plant-based industry, it's time to look at our roots. You know, we have lots of them. It goes really far back and um, education goes a long way. And I think there's just so many people who don't understand on, on that aspect. That's, that's another deep conversation that we can have. <laughs> um, but Thanks for sharing that. There are huge um, barriers, especially for minorities wanting to get involved, um, or even for the legacy market. It's like you said, it's a, it's a buying market and it's really expensive just to get involved, which is why I love the Green Rush program because they've made the program even more accessible for you now. We now have monthly payment options of just accessing our mentors and our education for as low as $99 a month. We did it because we want to make sure that anybody, anybody, even a kid straight out of university maybe he comes up with the next cure for cancer with cannabis i want to make sure that they have all of the funding the licensing the partners that they would need to fulfill that mission cannabis has huge potential but it only has it if we have the people behind it right the right people behind it so but uh, the community needs to be represented more in the in the legal market a thousand percent, especially in Canada, I think most definitely in Canada. So we have a lot of people listening right now who want to start their own business in the cannabis industry. They might even want to be a broker or, you know, a consultant of this, of this space. So what advice would you like to share with them for other entrepreneurs wanting to enter the cannabis industry? So I know this might seem like cliched advice, but I mean, I used to be an archaeologist. Now I own my own cannabis uh, business <laughs> company. So I got here from talking to people and I picked up the phone. I emailed, I contacted through LinkedIn. 
you know, pre-COVID, I went to every cannabis event I possibly could within the GTA or even Ontario. And the more you talk with people, the more you find out the needs and problems of the industry. So just from my conversations every day, you know, I hear, oh, you know, we didn't get this in, or we're still hearing uh, delays from the OCS. You pick up all this information, you're able to gather that there are actually ways to solve these problems. Should you do it as your own business, as a consultant, as a broker, that's something you need to find out on your own. But if you talk to many people, you find out about the production, you find out who their management team is, that entire view is going to be a great help to figure out what you want to do it and how you're going to do it. Of course, this Green Rush program is great for the how, um, but for the general introductions and just figuring out the landscape and even if this is right for you, it's talking to people. And to that last point, figuring out if it's right for you. There's a lot of people with wonderful cannabis ideas or products, but it may not be a viable business. And it's important, and, and, and a lot of LPs don't do this for white label products because they want the contract. But it's important to some, some, tell somebody that their cannabis business is really not a good idea right now. You know, for example, if I were to meet an outdoor grower, you know, I know I, I meet growers that say they've implemented a new growing method that's much different and unique, and that's great. But at the end of the day, we have a surplus problem. We have too many people growing. So there are there are things in the market we can't change right now. And regardless of how good you are at one thing, you know, what the market demands is what it demands. And, you know, I have helped companies figure out what not to do in the business. Because once you figure out what not to do in the business, you will have a better idea of what opportunities do exist for you. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. You can't go wrong with networking, right? And I feel like this industry, you'll never meet more passionate people than you will in the cannabis industry, right? And they all do want to help. We do want to help. We don't have much time to help, but we're down for at least a conversation to see if we can shed some light on what this industry would look like for you. So do, don't hesitate to reach out. People do cold calls on LinkedIn all the time. You'll be surprised with how much of a response you will get, but it's a great way to start, most definitely. Yeah, LinkedIn is a, a great tool. I rely on LinkedIn for about 80% of my communications. Uh, you know, your resume's on there, there's a picture, it's more familiar, so it's, it's a great networking tool. And I suggest anybody who doesn't have a LinkedIn profile that wants to work in cannabis or any, any business, definitely get a LinkedIn profile, it's very useful. Most definitely. I'm so happy that you are joining the Green Rush program. It's an honor to have you. This has been such a great episode for the Green Rush podcast. I know they're all taking down tons of notes because <laughs> you've been dropping tons of gems. Um, but I'm curious, what are you most excited about in joining the Green Rush program? To be honest, I'm excited to join this program so I can tell a lot of these people that you know this industry is a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, I don't know if I can swear on this, so be, <laughs> and, you know, that's why I love my job, because I know, I know the good guys with the great stuff, I know the good guys with the great stuff that can't deliver as well, and then, of course, I know a lot of the LPs that have not great product and can't deliver all in one, so I'm actually really excited to give that insight, because you can't find that just within a few conversations, but I've been doing this for a few years, you know, I'm heavily embedded in the cannabis community. And so I know, I know who the good guys and who the bad guys are. And I'm really happy to give that information and some insight to people entering the industry so they can avoid making the same mistakes that unfortunately a lot of entrepreneurs have made because they didn't have that guidance. 
Exactly. Yeah, you're going to be a very valuable insight to our mentorship database that we have, most definitely. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to wrap up this podcast with some rapid fire questions as we do at the end of every podcast. So, Michaela, are you ready? <laughs> I think so. Let's do this. Amazing. Tell us, what is your favorite strain? Okay, so I'm a huge cannabis consumer, but I really don't care what strain. I mean, back in the old days when we used to sativa and indica, I'd say sativa. Um, but I love my hash these days. I'm all about the hash. So that's my strain or go-to product. <laughs> I love it. Is there any hash type of hash that you're smoking right now that you enjoy? Um, I do love the Moroccan type hash. Mm. It's very sticky, more so than the Afghan type hash that's more crumbly. So yeah, the, the sticky, icky, icky stuff is my favorite. I love that. <laughs> and how do you like to consume? Are you a bongs, joints? How do you like your hash? Well, you know this. <laughs> I hate to say it. I'm, I'm a you know, denial bong smoker. Um, but I do love my hash joints or hash blunts, but, uh, you know, similar to you, I, I do love my bongs. You know, I have bought new products that can filter the air to make sure you're not getting in as much tar as before, but, um, yeah, bongs are my go-to for sure. Bong queens. I love them. <laughs> what are your last tips for our listeners? Last tips for everybody is to know that some of the best performing companies aren't actually producing the products that are making them the best. And this is really important to know because just knowing that shows how important wholesale partnerships are. So that's what I'd say is probably my biggest last tip is for people to know this. I love that. Sneak that in there a little bit. Amazing. So this has been a great episode with Michaela Friedman from MF Cannabis Consulting. Where can they find you? So you can find me at LinkedIn. You can just write my name, Michaela Friedman, or my website, www, sorry, let's start over, www.mfcannabisconsulting.com. You can reach me through there. My email is on there as well. Uh, LinkedIn, not super heavy on social media. Uh, so follow me on LinkedIn and we can connect you there. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Michaela. This has been a pleasure having you on the Green Rush podcast. Until next time, have a great one. Take care.